0: G'day guys, I'm Aaron Chultz with episode 118 of the Outback Mine podcast. Appreciate you joining in once again. Another really, really special guest today, Paul Taylor. Paul Taylor is a well-renowned exercise physiologist. Um, Changed my life, actually, when I saw his series, Body and Brain Overhaul, in 2010, um, which was screened throughout Australia, basically uh, taught us how to use our body and brain a bit more functionally. And I was sort of going through a major transition at that time. And um, Paul had this series going on uh, what our but what our basic human potential is and some of the things that I observed through that um, sort of become part of my life and uh, uh, just about the way we move, the way we feel, the way we think, how we can um, utilize our skills uh, or teach ourselves new skills that we hadn't actually previously considered. So uh, Paul's very uh, much leading edge and, uh, and that when it comes to um, uh, reaching our potential and what's uh, what we're possible or capable of as humans, uh, particularly men, to be able to get the best out of ourselves physically and mentally, but also to uh, make changes, break habits, all those sorts of things which uh, which sometimes keep us trapped. So Paul's also a neuroscientist and a nutritionist, so he's got a really comprehensive and well-rounded skill set that um, can certainly teach us a lot. Um, and I really encourage you to, uh, to check out his work uh, following the conversation, Um I think we're going to have a great chat here about uh, all sorts of things so uh, stay tuned i'm sure you're going to enjoy it i just want to make special mention to our uh, primary partners green nutritionals who provide green organic superfoods so if you're lacking something in your diet please check out the website they've got great products which can support our physical and mental health it's greennutritionals.com.au also pure life bakery who provides sprouted breads so when the breads in our sorry the grains in our breads are sprouted the digestive process in our body works a lot better uh, their breads are available around australia Bakery.com.au. also macross australia so if you're looking for work in construction mining or uh, you're looking for employment in general in queensland or wa at the moment uh Please check out their site, macforce.com.au. If you're looking to employ people, also contact them. They might be able to help you out and uh, uh, give you some solutions and strategies to uh, your employment uh, uh, within your business. So please uh, support them. Alrighty, Uh, sit back and enjoy this conversation with Paul and I. As I said, please share it with others that uh, you feel may may feel find it uh, helpful or find You know know what I mean. (laughs) Cheers. Paul Taylor, welcome to the Outback Mind podcast.
1: It is an absolute
0: pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. No worries, mate. I'm really grateful. And, you know, I had the conversation with you that that your show, Body and Brain Overhaul, really was part of my own transformation as a a man. And, uh, you know, um, when I sort of asked you to come on this podcast, you were really obliging with regards to that, mate. And, um, you know, if you can help my life um, from where I was at at that point in time, I reckon you can help a lot of... uh, a lot of people out there listening so I'm, I'm hoping that we can explore a few topics uh throughout this conversation which will be helpful for a few people
1: well i'm sure we can and it's just it's great to hear that the um the program and and that and that my stuff had an influence on you that's uh that's what it's all about
0: it did mate it was groundbreaking you know because it showed me how to use my 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 body better but also how to change my thinking and the way that I'd sort of yeah. perceived to, 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 to see things previously. And, you know, as guys in general, we sort of get stuck and we think that the way we we, we perceive things is the only way. But if you can actually shift people's perceptions and thinkings, and, and I I have a lot um, uh, of uh, respect for neuroplasticity and what we can actually do to, 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 to change the way that we uh, The the way that we see ourselves and see life in general so i'm sure we're going to touch uh, a lot on that mate throughout the chat so mate i'd like you to give us a bit of um uh, an idea about your own background obviously you know being brought up overseas and was was life um always sort of you know going down this path for you or did you sort of have a bit of a a troubled sort of upbringing that sort of wanted you to sort of drove you to be able to look towards getting the best out of yourself
1: yeah, look, I, I wouldn't say I had a troubled upbringing. I, I was brought up in, in an interesting environment. I was brought up in Northern Ireland in the <laughs> 1970s and uh, my parents are from a mixed marriage, which in, in Northern Ireland has got a different connotation than most places. Right? Yeah. So my mum was a Protestant, my dad was a Catholic. They got married and it was pretty taboo in those days. Mm. Um, it was pretty hardcore back then. And so, actually, my, my mother's dad, my grandfather, I didn't see him for years because he refused to talk to his own daughter because mm. she married a Catholic. So yeah. that was kind of the the environment at, at, at the time. And we were brought up as Catholics but we lived in Protestant neighbourhoods, so back in those days, all neighbourhoods were either Protestant or Catholic. Every school was either a Protestant school or a Catholic school, mm. uh, so it was uh, a reasonably resilience-building when you um, walk through your state every day in a Catholic uniform yeah. <laughs> through a Protestant yeah. state. So, um, but you you know you don't you don't know any different at the time, mm. uh, but uh, I think in hindsight that that started building a little bit of resilience and and then i actually ended up joining the british armed forces um when i was 25 i joined as an officer mm. um, an air crew officer in the british navy um, did a year's officer training and then did flying training and um and did a number of years uh hunting submarines in helicopters and then did helicopter search and rescue and during that, actually went through combat survival and resistance to interrogation training, which was was pretty hardcore, mm. and certainly resilience building. And then I left the military in two thousand and four and became a geek. So I'm now an exercise physiologist. Well, I say I'd done a master's in exercise physiology before I joined.
0: Mm, mm.
1: Then. Um, I did for the last couple of years I was in. I did a part-time master's degree in nutrition. Then I moved to Australia um, because I'd met a young Australian lady in Ecuador, of all places. Right. Uh, and she dragged me kicking and screaming to the land of the free. And uh, and I set up as a physiologist and nutritionist. Then did another postgrad in neuroscience because I realised that understanding the brain was the key to unlocking human behavior Mm. uh and now i'm currently doing a phd in psychology so for me that's the kind of missing piece of the puzzle
0: yeah so you're you're rounding it off mate you're really covering uh, a lot of bases of humanology in its essence
1: yeah well that's right and 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 for me i'm what i call an integrationist uh, I, you know, I would use the term holistic, but that's been bastardized by the kind of crystal waving brigade. So uh, I prefer the term of integrated approach to both mental and physical health, yeah. where, you know, you're looking at all the things that go into the mix and um, yes. looking at, at your mindset, your psychological flexibility, something you touched on earlier on, mm. but also looking at, at the role of physical activity in general and exercise in particular. Um, looking at sleep and um, looking at nutrition and um, you know all of those things play into um, your, your your both your physical mental and emotional state
0: yes yeah yeah absolutely it's beautiful to hear that you you've you've had such a diverse background but your military training would have been probably akin to a navy seal is that right
1: uh, look, I, I wouldn't say quite that level. I'd say probably a, a step down. I mean, the combat survival and resistance to interrogation, that, that was pretty hardcore. The people who, who do that in the UK are dead at the time. They, they've changed it now. They don't do a 10-day course anymore. Um, but it used to be uh, basically military aircrew. crew. Yep. and special forces soldiers um yeah. so anybody who operated behind enemy lines but the special forces guys went on to do a whole heap of other training so it was a little glimpse into their world is how i would put it
0: yeah interesting mate i i think you know from what i'm hearing like your upgrade upbringing um obviously you know you, you're in a bit of a protection mode as a young fella. i guess uh, you know having that sort of imbalance and um, and then obviously being in that environment, uh, you know, in Ireland, uh, would have been reasonably hardcore, but I think, yeah, you, you, you've, you've, certainly been able to follow a pathway, um, which, which met a need, but you know, what you're doing now is so much more needed in society to be able to help people understand their, um, themselves to a, to a, to a higher degree, to be able to reach their potential and, and sort of get the best out of themselves. That's something that you're pretty passionate about, I think.
1: Oh, yeah, man, I, 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 absolutely. I mean, I, I, I consider myself very lucky um, and, and my wife's the same. We, we, we both have what the Japanese call Ikigai, mm. um, which is this wonderful term when there is a, 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 a confluence of, 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 of the stuff that you're doing, you know, something that you love. Um, something that you can be paid for' mm. um, something that the, the world needs um, and 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 something uh, that you're passionate about you know when when that all mixes uh, or something sorry something you're passionate about something you're good at mm. so, uh, something you can get paid for and something that the world needs mm. um, so there's there's not a huge amount of professions that tick those boxes um, there, there are there are several but um, but it's pretty clear that that when they all interact like that, 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 you know, work doesn't seem like a chore. That's the thing. When you're doing what you're passionate about, mm-hmm. um, it really doesn't seem like a chore.
0: Mm, I believe, Paul, we've gone deep pretty quickly, but I, I think that all of us here are here for a reason and a purpose. And if we can find what that purpose is, then our life can be, you know, enjoyable, enjoyable, you know, and... Uh, um a lot of us have got to go through all the shit to be able to discover what that actually is but if we can help someone sort of get on that pathway quite quickly and quite early then 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 life can be just that i guess at the end of the day and um yeah you know i've never heard that term before but obviously there's some great wisdom in um in chinese and uh, in japanese philosophy and uh to be able to sort of you know acknowledge and understand that i i think is something that we um we need to appreciate because in Western society, we don't sort of have um, the awareness or the ability to be able to sort of really follow our passion. We just sort of follow the breadcrumbs that society sort of lays out for us and just go into a career or a job or, you know, do something which passes time, but doesn't really um, hit our heart center at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. And, and look, I think there's a couple of things that we can unpack on that. Um, Like Ekigai is definitely desirable. But, but it, it's not 100% necessary to live a fulfilling life, right? So that's mm. one thing I would say to people. If they're listening and going, well, hey, I'm not massively passionate about my job or it's not something that the world particularly needs, that, that doesn't mean that that there's going to be this empty space. Because mm. um, I, I, I do a lot of stuff on, on helping people around purpose. Mm. And... And it doesn't need, a lot of people, they, they, they overthink and they overcomplicate this, this whole idea. For me, I like to say to people, it, it's just really looking at how you can make your little corner of the universe better for you having been in it. Mm. That, that's, that's really the key thing, right? And, and for me, it comes back to that whole hunter-gatherer society. And you know, when we were part of a tribe, everybody contributed to, to, to that tribe. You know, everybody had a role and the whole was greater than the sum of the parts. And, and, and really that, that's all you need to, to have that purpose. So I talk to people, you know, your purpose can be just being, being a great dad for your kids, you know, just opening their eyes to, to, to the, the limitless possibilities and, and facilitating that. That is as good a purpose as as somebody like Bill Gates who's doing philanthropic stuff, right? And spending millions and trying to do do massive stuff. That's what I say to people. Mm -hmm. You you don't have to be changing the world. You just gotta think about how can my little corner of the universe be better for me having been there, right? Mm -hmm. And, And when people don't have that icky guy, I say to them, okay, you can look at it then, in three separate buckets and um, work health slash energy and connection and then just try to create a little purpose on each one right mm-hmm. and and work might be you know if you're a leader or a manager it might just be you know being a really good leader or manager it might just be being a, a valued part of the team right and contributing to that right from a personal perspective it can be about just the relationships whether it's family friends those sorts of things. Um, and then from, from a, a health or energy perspective it can be just about living a long and healthy life and extending your health span right mm-hmm. so i think people get too caught up in this stuff and they wait for the purpose fairy to come along and give them a big dollop of purpose yes. and the friggin' purpose fairy doesn't exist that's yeah. the key thing
0: mm-hmm. to be able to yeah do the small things that can that can create big change. Uh, that That's what I got from your teachings, you know, back in 2010, was just these simple little things that you can do to use your opposite hand, to, to do things which are outside your norm, which can give you a, a challenge, but also there's an outcome to that challenge, and just how, how we only use a small part of our brain where there's so much more we can actually do that... Um, that can really divert the uh, the way that we sort of think feel and act which can have a tremendous effect on our mental well-being as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah look, I, I, absolutely. There's a there's a, a massive two-way interaction between physical well-being and mental well-being. Yeah. And and this the whole mental health thing has become very medicalized. Yeah. And 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 I'm not a fan of that um i i think that we need to to look at physical and mental well-being as as part of the same thing mm. um and and you know we can go into detail about why that is important but there are a lot of people out there who eat shit food sit on their arse most of the day and then wonder why they're depressed or anxious mm-hmm. right and their sleep's crap and stuff like that um and and they end up going to the doctor and particularly now um, w- with the the, the the mental health issues that we're having, psychologists are full, right? Absolutely mm-hmm. full. So they go to the doctor, there's no referral to psychologists. So they get put on medications that, that we know actually are not that effective for most people. And certainly in the long run, they can be very helpful for some people in the short term. Um, but in the long term, they can actually um, create quite a lot of damage. And that's because that that, that medical hypothesis is, is flawed. Mm. Um, so that's something that I'm passionate about, is educating people about that two-way interaction between your physical and mental health and just doing little things in each of those buckets to make those small incremental improvements. Mm-hmm. I think that's really key.
0: Yeah, well said. Look... Certainly, uh, you know, the intervention side, that's pretty much what it is as far as a masking agent uh, to, to use uh, chemical enhancement. But I, I believe, you know, this is this. You know, your program started my journey pretty much too. But the body and the mind is trying to be healthy and, and, and neutral and, 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 you know, to be coherent consistently. But we're just sort of giving ourselves interruptions to that that might be through what we're taking in through our eyes or through our mouth or or whatever and um to be able to be aware of that i think is, is a real skill you know what what energy am i taking in physically or mentally and um to be able to you know really observe that and give yourself uh i suppose um you know uh, products whether that be food or whether that be what you're seeing through your eyes or your ears um, uh, which are healthful rather than taking health the other way you know we we've got a society Paul I completely agree with you um, that that really is geared towards keeping people unhealthy because it's good for the economy and uh, that feeds into pharmaceuticals and um, um, you know we can definitely talk in detail because it's something I'm pretty, pretty passionate about but you know, the body and the mind, um, you know, work in balance. The, the mind is, 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 uh, is in control for most of us, but really we're not really aware of what the body's trying to teach us here and what the body's saying to us. And, um, you know, the body the body in in general uh, is is something that we don't actually understand and and, and unpack. So, you know, being able to identify your digestion, how it's working, to be able to identify, you know, what your body's saying to you on a consistent basis is a a skill that we we just don't understand. I think there's lots more to be explored in that space. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, look, I, I, I think so. And I like to simplify it for people to just think about, like uh, our species and our whole ancestral lineage goes back um, at least two and a half million years ago. Right. right? And, and, and for that two and a half million years, and, 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 and you know, then with Homo sapiens particularly, it's a couple of hundred thousand years. So, but, but all of that evolution, if we think about it, we became the dominant species on earth because we adapted better to stress and change in the environment than than any other species right mm-hmm. and 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 we did we did things in in response to changing environments and one of the massive ones was about 1.8 million years ago where our ancient ancestor homo erectus actually stood up right and that was pivotal pivot, pivotal in our development because when you stand up and you can walk on two legs it saves a bucket load of energy and that energy can be diverted to the brain and you see that homo erectus actually had a much bigger brain than any predecessors so that increased brain size this is what's called the expensive tissue hypothesis and if you look at all different animals the size of the brain is limited by how many calories that they can take in and spur to go to the brain right so so this is really in, important and, and I will come back to that and, and and it will make sense to people but um so that big brain allowed us to be intelligent to collaborate with each other then eventually we created language and and culture and all of this stuff And um, but it also gave us um, um good evolutionary fitness where we could Art smart other animals. We could make tools and uh, we could kill them. We could, could become dominant, right? But that required us to work together in a tribe, right? Because Homo erectus was a lot less powerful than a gorilla, right? So we actually traded off strength and power for dexterity to be able to make tools and manipulate things and stuff like that. Right? So, so there's a couple of critical things um, in there for people to think about. Number one, is that our success required us being part of a tribe. And and, and this we I'm sure we'll come back to in that whole idea of human connectedness and being part of a tribe today and um, is hugely important. I'm not talking about a Facebook tribe, I'm talking about meaningful social relationships. It's really important mm. for a healthy brain, right? That's that's one thing. But then the other thing is that that we have depended upon movement. Our whole gene expression um, depends on movement. And and a lot of people don't understand, it's not so much the genes that you get, it's whether they're activated, whether they're switched on and switched off. And exercise is a very powerful regulator of gene expression, right? right? And there's a quote that I'll give you, that's probably my favorite quote of any research journal that I've read, from Professor Frank Booth in the Journal of Applied Physiology in 2012. And he was talking about the human genome. And, and he said, the human genome has not changed in over 45,000 years. The current human genome requires and expects us to be highly physically active for normal functioning. Note the way he didn't say optimal functioning, he said normal functioning. When you don't move very much, your biology changes dramatically and mm. um, neuro levels of neurotransmitters change in the brain and blood flow and oxygen to the brain changes and and like you said earlier on where, where the mind controls the body that's true but the mind slash brain is also dependent on the physical health of the body mm. in order for it to operate well does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah.
1: So all of these neurotransmitters, things like dopamine, serotonin, um, endorphins, um, norepinephrine, things that are important for you to have a stable mind and a good mood, rec- depend largely on physical exercise. And then nutrition comes into it as well, and sleep comes into it as well. Uh, but I just want to underscore that 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 real two-way relationship between body and brain. That the brain controls what the body does, but that it is completely dependent on the health of the body for it to operate well. Mm-hmm. And that's why when we're talking about optimal health and, and, and having this good health and particularly mental health, the physical stuff has to come into it really, really strongly. I and mean, we haven't even talked about sleep and nutrition and and your mindset, because all of that plays in together.
0: Yeah, yeah, I believe this, the sleep is really the pillar that all the other levels of health ride upon at the end of the day too but it's interesting Paul like you look at someone that's got a mental health challenge there's not really a lot of talk around their diet and how that's affecting them um, yep. you know, what's going on in the gut is consistently sending messages to the mind and if that's not working properly then it's going to say you know, error here, error here, error here <laughs> you know, but we don't know how to how to understand that and we just keep Putting shit in, so it makes us feel better temporarily. But, you know, I think this is my purpose and duty to be able to help people understand these simple little things that uh, that can help them make small shifts that can actually help them be to be able to be more mentally balanced. I suppose at the end of the day, and less reliant on some of the, um, I suppose uh, the pathways which uh, which are in place at the moment.
1: Yeah. So so if we if we just do a little dive into the the, the diet. Again, it's the same of exercise. We've got to think about our evolutionary past and that for, for the entire human history, apart from the last hundred or so years, we have eaten food that has grown and lived around us. And we've eaten food that, that, that is generally seasonal, right? So it's either grown out of the ground or off a tree, it's run around on four legs or it's swam, right? Or it's come out of a bush, but now, particularly in the in the last 30 years, and this is getting worse on almost a yearly basis, we know, know now in most developed nations, between 50 and 65% of all calories consumed are what's referred to as ultra processed foods. Mm. So these are foods that go through and many different layers of processing that have lots of different additives in them. And, and it's not only that, it's not only the processing and the additives that are in them, it's what's not in them, right? Mm. So, so let's take those two parts. Um, we, we know that ultra processed foods, and um, you know, artificial sweeteners, flavors, all of those things can impact your gut bacteria. And your gut bacteria can impact your mind. There's a two way interaction between the gut bacteria and the mind, like eighty percent of your serotonin, an important mood chemical, is actually produced in your gut. It's mm. not produced in your mind, mm. right? Mm. And, and then the other things with these ultra processed foods, as well as the additives and the and the shit processing that happens to them, that they, they they are very nutrient poor, right? And when I say nutrients, a lot of people when I say nutrients springs to mind. Okay, your macronutrients, your fat, carbohydrate, your protein. Then there's the micronutrients, the vitamins and minerals, but there's another layer underneath that that we're really just beginning to understand, of polyphenols and phytochemicals, um, and, and there are at least ten to fifteen thousand polyphenols that have been identified, and a lot of these polyphenols actually are what we call cofactors for chemical reactions that happen at a cellular level, right? So I'm going to get, this is a bit of a geek alert, right? I'm going to get a bit geeky here, your eyes may cross it. <laughs> day, day is over for a minute, for a minute, some of the listeners. But <laughs> but basically, every single minute that you are alive, there are thousands of chemical reactions that happen at a cellular level in your body and your brain. So those chemical reactions, most of them, they, they need these, Enzymes, these cofactors to help the chemical reactions work well. And when we don't get those cofactors and enzymes, and a lot of them are these polyphenols and flavonoids that I referred to, the chemical reactions don't work so well. So the biology starts to become affected. And, and it can take years for you to notice that in a physical disease or a mental disease, but it's the stuff that's going on under the hood every single second, every single minute that, that really is important. right? And these are very poor nutrient-dense foods um, that, that we are existing on because they're very cheap and they're very convenient. And, and a lot of people are surprised at some of the stuff that is in these ultra-processed foods. It's things like supermarket breads. Breakfast cereals, Mm. Uh, like all breakfast cereals are just crap food. The best one is oats, rolled oats, and it's the cheapest, right? Mm -hmm. But um, it's also, you know, all the cakes, the donuts, the biscuits, the pastries, all the things that are pretty obvious, but anything that's generally, think about the central aisles of the supermarket, right? That's where the ultra-processed food is. The decent stuff is around the outside. And just notice the next time you walk into a supermarket, you walk around the outside, there's all the fruit and the vegetables uh, and, the, and the meats and the fish and the dairy and all of that sort of stuff. And then the inside's got all the packaged and um, highly processed stuff that is very low nutrient density, right? So hopefully that gives people uh, a, a, a bit of a hint that it's really the biology. We have biology that's at least 45, 50,000 years old. And we're now starting to feed it stuff that is unrecognisable and doesn't support a healthy ecosystem.
0: Mm, then, Does that make sense? Absolutely. And the, the side effect of that is disease, isn't it? Uh, physically and mentally. It is. Yeah. It is.
1: Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing, Aaron, is that there's a lot of studies now out about ultra processed foods, right? That, that ultra processed food consumption is linked to cancer, to heart disease, to diabetes to all cause mortality death by anything but we only really start to notice the impact after about eight or ten years right Mm -hmm. and that's because this is chronic disease is a slow process that happens at a cellular level Mm -hmm. at the level of metabolism so people can eat a shit diet and get away with it for a few years. And it's only after a few years that we really start to notice those manifestations in most people.
0: That's mm. Mm. true. It's, uh, it's interesting, Paul, you know, yeah, the the, the the human nature is is really geared towards fast interventions, fast foods, all that type of stuff, you know yeah it, it frustrates me and, and and you touched on it before you know the, the mental health side of things how it's being directed but really oh, my, my philosophy is that we need to have educators that are empowering people and giving them the small tools that they can actually work towards so they can make these proper changes and giving them this information like you're discussing now that can actually uh, create long-term sustainable change rather than having someone on a pathway which is going to end up in disease, aka cancer, depression, anxiety, whatever it might be, which is just feeding a a, a, a pharmaceutical system at the end of the day. But, you know, you're probably the same age as me, but I've observed over my 49 years, soon to be 50, how, how much we've been programmed away from growing our own stuff, supporting each other through swapping, sharing, all that type of stuff, channeled in towards yeah. the supermarket and thinking that the supermarket's going to give us everything that we that we need and you know i'm guilty of it too because i come from a farm and i was used to that production uh, of self you know having all those um those uh those assets uh, uh growing in our yard and all those types of things and, and society and the way that life is now has, has pushed us in this other direction um which is obviously uh you know inevitably causing all the issues that we have today but um Mm. Do you believe that people can really start to turn the corner and take their power back particularly at the moment because of what we've gone through and, and really change their thinking and empower themselves again?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean absolutely. And, I, and I've seen it time and time again, right? And and, and the key thing for, 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 for people to get clear on, right? If we're going to be of value to your listeners, um, there's a couple of things that, that that I like to get people to think about. So... Uh, it, it, it's really about finding your why right anthony robbins said "If you find your why you'll find your way for behavior change but he nicked it from frederick Nietzsche, the german philosopher who said he has a why to live can bear almost any high right mm. and the reason that you need to find your why and it's got to be an emotional reason right so for anybody who's listening out there and thinking oh, geez i want to lose some weight or whatever it may be it's like "Well, why why is that important to you mm. Not, at, not, not at a superficial level. Why is it important to you at a deep emotional level, right? Why would your life be better when you have lost that weight, or got fit, or reduced your drinking, or, or sorted out your mental health? What are all the reasons that your life will be better, and how will it help you to be a better individual and to help other people, right? And and to 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 integrate and be more useful to society in general. So that's one thing i would say, say to people is about getting really clear on your why and and then and um, a couple of other things one is okay so well i know I, I need to look at those different buckets that we talked about i need to to tweak my diet make sure that i'm moving lots make sure that i'm sleeping well my sleep hygiene is good and, and and make sure that i'm actually dealing mentally um with thoughts and challenges which we can we can talk about a little bit later on right mm-hmm. and and then for me it's just about a process of okay so if you're gonna if you're gonna set yourself a goal you need a map to get there right and, and you need to be able to navigate so our ex helicopter navigator so we would go from point a to point b and um, but you would always program in waypoints along the way And that was critical because you need to know if you're on track, particularly if it's a long journey, you've got to know that you're on track, right? So that's why we would have these waypoints where you would check in and see, am I on track? Have I been blown off track? If I've been blown off track, what do I need to tweak to get back on track, right? And this is where we get really practical. If I'm working with someone and they've got a a goal that is three months or, or longer away, I say to them, okay, that's cool. Write that shit down and forget about it. Tell me what you're gonna do in the next month, right? What is that one month waypoint where you're gonna be able to say, yes, I'm on track, right? And then you're gonna take that one month waypoint and you're gonna break it down into weekly waypoints. The reason I like weekly is it's a psychological time that we associate with, right? Well, I'll start on Monday, I'll start on Monday. So I say to people, okay, so, Set, that, set a weekly goal. What are you going to do this week? And then what are the behaviors, the rituals that you're going to do that are going to take you there, right? And then every week, right, give yourself a score when it comes to Sunday. How did you do this week, right? Some weeks you would be great, seven or eight. That's awesome. How are you going to match that this week, right? What happened early in the week that set you up well? And if you got a three out of ten or a two, you know, you went on a piss it all, went to ratchet, don't rip the whole thing up you just go okay i need to be a scientist Mm. what went wrong and 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 what can i identify where it was what were the things that went wrong and how am i going to make sure that next week is a better score right so it's that whole idea of process beats goals every single day of the week right Mm. and then then it's about dealing with challenges when they come up and you know how how are you going to deal with with setbacks and stuff like that. But that's the general roadmap and process that I like people to go is set your goal, but get your pro- process and analyze it every single week, score it every single week. Cause the brain needs feedback that what I'm doing is making a difference. Right? Mm,
0: mm, mm, true. That's true. And that, that's, that's beyond ego, isn't it? At the end of the day, you know, um, that, that's why I think where we, where we sort of fall in a trap as, as men, we, we sort of reach a goal and then we want to tell everyone about it and, <laughs> and, and then we can start to, uh, to fall off track really quickly. It's, it's, it's awesome that you're talking about, you know, these small achievable goals. Because I believe, you know, in, in other cultures, and you touched on, um, you know, Asian cultures, they all, they all have a mentor or someone in their life that they that can keep them on track. In, in Western society, we don't have that. So we've got to really empower ourselves sometimes to, uh, to, to, you know, to make change, to work towards you know, small goals, all those sorts of things. But what you're saying is, is creating rituals that are so important to, to us as humans to be able to find that structure and stability which keep, keep us grounded. Would, would you agree?
1: Yeah, yeah look I, 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 absolutely the, the, the structure and process i refer to this as process um, is really key um, because it, it builds what's called self-efficacy mm. um so let's say let's say there's a farmer listening to this who you know has let himself go a little bit wants to lose 15 kilos i would be sitting down let's call him john i would be sitting down and saying right john okay how long do you think it's going to take you to get to the 15 kilos okay my team six or eight months or whatever right okay so let's break it down into these monthly goals right now for that that monthly goal let's not break it into weekly goals right now let's think about all the things that you need to do to achieve that weekly goal you're going to lose a try and lose a kilo a week whatever it may be how are you going to do that right um what are you going to tweak on your nutrition what are you going to tweak around your physical activity right how are you going to measure it? because what gets measured gets managed right Mm -hmm. Um, and then it's about okay so we know that sleep which i can talk i can do a dive into that's hugely important right how much you sleep and the quality of your sleep tonight influences everything from your stress levels the next day but also hunger hormones in the brain Um, called ghrelin if you have a shit night's sleep ghrelin is higher the next day Mm. and you're going to eat more food and and if cortisol the stress hormone is higher because you had a shit night's sleep you're going to crave sugary fatty and salty foods the stuff that's available in every supermarket right yes and 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 then um the the other thing around around sleep is that it affects something in the brain called leptin that if you've got a bad night's sleep leptin is reduced and leptin has a p- very powerful effect on voluntary physical activity so after a shit night sleep you're much more likely to sit on your arse all day long mm. you're much less likely to do a workout you'll be less motivated right and and if you're not doing a workout of being physically active your ability to deal with the challenges and stresses of the day are less right because we know that exercise actually is a stress buster Mm. and so if you're not exercising that day you've had a hard day you come home you're much more likely to soothe your stress by eating shit food or drinking alcohol Mm. and in both cases that's going to affect your sleep that night and it's groundhog day right Mm. so we see how how this goes it's that's why i said you've got to look at all of those little things and and i like to talk about there's something from acceptance commitment therapy um. Uh, which is a really highly successful intervention for depression and anxiety mm. that talks about towards and away moves right so is this behavior so we all have choice points right you have a shitty day work. you come home you got a choice point am i gonna try and re- relieve my stress by doing some exercise Or am I going to crack a few beers, right? Mm. And so I say to people, okay, so let's look at that choice point right there. And you can either do what's called a towards move or an away move. A towards move is a move that's going to take you towards the person that you want to be or towards your goal. And an away move is one that's going to take you away from the person you want to be or away from your goal. Mm. And that's where you look at it and go, right, what am I going to choose? Am I going to choose a towards or away move? And this is where linking your goal to your values and 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 that that emotional connection, it then becomes much easier when you have that choice point to actually do it towards move, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and that's why it's a, it's a reasonably complicated process, but it it it, it is still quite straightforward.
0: For mm, you. You've just unlocked a few things for me with regards to, you know, uh, terminologies and, 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 and feelings and emotions of, of, of sleep, you know, the the term ghrelin, like I, I know I know with myself, right, if I don't sleep well I do feel a bit ordinary, but my, my intervention now is to is to exercise, to get into a flow state but also to balance both hemispheres of the brain. So to be able to do things that actually bring in that flow again, you know, rather than being sort of stuck. Um, But yeah, when I do not sleep well, at the end of the day, I'm looking for a beer to, um, to just get grounded again, primarily. But, um, but yeah, now I have this awareness around these sorts of things that can actually give me, uh, identity to why these sorts of, um, you know, emotions are, are happening. But, um, yeah, you're dead right. The the, the sugar side of things, um, which is giving us quick energy and false energy, and so is alcohol. I suppose yeah. at the end of the day, you know, um, I, I think it's our job to be able to help people understand this sort of stuff because then they can self heal and self intervene rather than taking, um, yeah. you know, uh, actions which are, you know can form consequences at the end of the day as well.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, you got to realise that for a lot of people. A, they, they, they they don't have this knowledge so some of this may be new to them mm. and and if that's the case that's awesome right because you've got you got new knowledge mm. but it, it's actually about applying that knowledge in the real world mm. <laughs> that's where it starts to become trickier right mm. and so you mentioned exercise that you'll get up if you've had a crap night's sleep and you'll exercise because you know it balances you right mm. and that's key is and, and particularly around exercise or nutrition It's finding the right why, right? Mm. So if people are saying fucking hell, you know, I'm in my fifties now, I'm in my sixties. My dad had a heart attack when he was in his late sixties. I don't want to do that. So I need to start exercising. That's bullshit. It just doesn't work for the vast majority of people. That process does not work. Mm. Um, And what does work is actually them going, okay, I'm going to try and find some exercise that I actually enjoy so that, that, that's a key thing. Yes. But but then I really want to reflect after I've exercised, how does it make me feel mm. afterwards? Mm. That's the key thing, right? Is focusing on how you feel. There's very few people out there who say, I feel shit shithouse after exercise. Most people feel really good after they've exercised sometimes it takes a little bit of time to you know for the metabolism to come down and stuff like that Mm. but but just understanding and relating it to to how it makes you feel in terms of your energy your mood those sorts of things and we know that if you exercise and particularly out in uh, either early morning sun Mm. or evening sunlight it actually resets your 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 biological clock, your circadian clock in your brain, mm-hmm. and has a really good impact on sleep. Right, mm-hmm. so I like to encourage people to get out in the morning as close to sunrise as possible and do some physical activity. And for a lot of your guys, if they're you know they're, they're in the outback or whatever, or they're they're, they're working top, they're actually getting out there mm-hmm. in, in the morning and then getting out into evening. Like it's those yellowy rays when the sun is rising and setting. That's the stuff that has a, a real positive impact on what's called your circadian rhythms, which then enables you to sleep because we mess with our circadian rhythms mm. by staying up late, by changing our go to bedtime and changing our wake up time. So it's really critical that we, we try to get as regular as possible with both going to bed and waking up and then try to get some early morning and late evening light is really really key right Mm -hmm. and and another little tip that might be useful for people you know because a a lot of guys will be yeah they've been out there they the the girls and, and guys on your podcast might be doing some physical work they come in and they're like jesus that's been a tough day i just need a beer right i would say to them right okay just park that notice when that like what's the time when that starts to happen what's the trigger when that starts to happen and then maybe just go out for a 15-minute walk uh, in nature and see what happens right mm. because i guarantee you some days you come back and the urge to have a beer will be less some days it doesn't work but some days it will absolutely work and it's just about making those little changes right if you're drinking five nights a week can you drop down to three nights a week If you're drinking seven nights a week can you drop down to four or five nights a week initially, right, and have some of those alcohol free days mm. and just notice the impact on your sleep when you're not um, drinking alcohol. Notice the impact uh, the next day on your nutrition and stuff like that. Like I really encourage people to be their own scientist, mm. to run these little experiments, to gather data and then to make little tweaks to it. I
0: agree. Everyone's unique too, aren't they, at the end of the day. and. Yeah, you know, for sure, we we'll touch touch on the uh, the Eastern cultures again, like having doshas. Uh, sorry, not doshas, but like our um, uh, our you know our our Katha, pitha, um, you know, different different uh, body types, I suppose. At the end of the day, and and sort of in this yeah. Western culture, we're sort of put in a box, you know, um, which is another whole conversation in itself, but. Paul, you know, I just want to touch on my own, my own journey. I've had this thing called Suddener for years. So it's movement, and it's meditation, you know, in the morning for a couple of hours. Um, You Mm -hmm. know, so that, that resets me, you know, if I haven't had a good sleep, Um, you know, and I try to get a good sleep as uh, well, every night possibly, but sometimes, you know, the nervous system hasn't settled properly and. I'll do yin yoga before I go to bed, which helps the nervous system settle. And um, usually that gives me a good night's sleep, but occasionally it gets thrown out of rhythm. So, so when that happens, like this morning, for example, I got up and I started to box because boxing is using both hemispheres. I'm hitting a bag and I'm, I'm sort of you yeah. know, moving my body more functionally. And I found over time, that is a great tool for me. I, I run, um, you know, I do other uh, various things as well. And I I sort of, you know, I went into fairly, um, uh, you know, uh, stringent and, uh, you know, um, hard athletic pursuits uh, over my journey, um, which was pretty much ego-based, but now I'm finding I just need to do what I I can on a daily basis to get myself balanced again, and uh, that might be a run, it might be something that... um, that uh, that gets the heart rate up and gets the breath into a flow primarily. But I find boxing is, is really good because it just gets the breath into a rhythm. I'm using the body. I'm using the core, you know, all these key things. And I do find I feel really good after that. And I know you as an individual, you sort of went into boxing fairly heavily um, in the early mm. – it might have been 2012. And, and what, what was the, the key for you actually, like – after all the things that you've done as an individual and all the athletic pursuits that you've you've you've, you've gone to, what was it with boxing that actually really um, you know drew you towards it?
1: Yeah, well, so we'll talk about. But there's two, 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 two different elements to that. There's the training and the competition part, mm, right? Yeah, so yeah. the training, I, I agree with everything you just said. I think it's a wonderful and um, form of exercise, right? And and there'll be lots of your guys living in the outback who do not have access to it yet. And you can get a punching bag and hang a punching bag up, and just you know get yourself some punching, some some boxing gloves because it's uh, like you say it's a fabulous physical activity and mm. um, when your arms and um, cross the midline of your body right mm. or are are going towards the midline of your body and um, that is much much better for your brain It activates much more of your brain right mm. there's lots of coordination involved with, with boxing as well it's a really good cardiovascular workout and it's a strength-based workout and you know what it's just fun to hit shit right it's just you know it's it's a real stress reliever so i actually think it's one of the best forms of exercise and i found it very enjoyable and when when it comes to the competition that that really for me was just all about um that intrinsic motivation and when when we look at different types of of motivation intrinsic motivation is people who do something for enjoyment challenge or mastery right people who run marathons triathlons and and uh, box and do martial arts those sorts of things these t- people tend to be intrinsically motivated right mm. it's enjoyment challenge or mastery mm. and and if you can get there and i'm not suggesting that people need to box i i i'm just saying that if you can do something you enjoy and you're measuring yourself and you're seeing that you're getting better that whole mastery process mm. And that is really ideal because then, um, uh, you you know, you're going to be much more likely to do those behaviors and engage in those behaviors. But what we know is you don't actually need to get there, you need, and and this is from self-determination theory, which is a very sophisticated theory of human motivation that shows that people just need to cross the threshold of autonomy, is what it's called. It's a bit geeky. But what that means is you find your reasons why it's important for Mm. you to do it, right? Mm. And I'm coming back to that. Finding your why is really, really key, right? Mm. And so for me, the, the, the boxing was both enjoyable and I still, you know, I don't compete anymore, but I still have got I've got punch bags down in my my gym underneath the house, uh, and I do that, and my kids do it, and they love it, right? Um, so it's a it's a highly enjoyable uh, form of exercise, I think, um, in in terms of that. But it's just different people will gravitate to different things.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well said, mate. Um, uh, look, yeah, it's it's. I'm getting hair standing up the back of my neck, and uh, I really, I really like you know. Our perception as men was, was was ego with boxing, you know, and I'm going to beat you, this that yeah. and the other, the competition side of things. But once I realized that that wasn't relevant, it was all about a support mechanism and a support tool to, uh, to look after my well-being. Oh, I think that, that, that started to fade away. And just to give you a bit of a, a snapshot of myself, I... I sort of got myself really fit through kettlebell training when kettlebells were really in the oh, yeah. infancy. Love
1: kettlebells, love them.
0: Yeah, Paul Tucker and I sort of started to bring them into Australia. Oh, not so much. Rick Ravensdale was doing it in Melbourne through Iron Edge originally, and we we started to bring them. Into, oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we brought them into Tassie, and then we started to train the Tassie cricket team. And um, I found that left brain right brain coordination by using kettlebells, snatching them, and doing then snatching my way up like heavier weights and. You know, being a, a slight man, I was able to lift you know a lot of uh, repetitions above head, and that that gave me great core strength. and And from there, it took me into martial arts and boxing, and 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 then then I just found like this great this this great flow state with it. But what changed me, Paul, was the competition. I got to the competitive level, and I thought I can really follow this. But then I realised that that's not what I was doing it for. You know. I moved away mm, from the competition yeah. and I, I just found the enjoyment and started to be more yeah. kinder to myself and do things which actually made me more functional as a human, uh, a rounded human rather than just someone that was a competitor, I suppose. And I think that's, all, yeah. that's part of us as men, you know, we, we've got to have a bit of the eye of the tiger too, um, but to be able to realize that and don't live in that space consistently, I think consistently, I think it's really important as well.
1: Yeah. Look, absolutely, and 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 that's why that enjoyment is key. And I'm a massive fan of both kettlebells and clubbells. Mm. I I have both of those things in there. They are a core element of my training. They're they're highly functional. They're integrated movements. Mm. You know, it's it's much better than doing. Uh, you know, traditional weight training, particularly on machines. Yeah. Uh, I think that standing up and moving weight, using your whole body, both club bells and kettlebells, mm. wonderful bits of kit ke- and actually really practical, you, you, you know, you, so if you're thinking about your listeners, um, that, that you can get a really good home gym, you know, boxing bag, some kettlebells, some club bells, and maybe a TRX, mm. right? And and Jesus, the the, the 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 stuff that you can do with those bits of equipment, is is just ridiculous.
0: Mm, I agree. You don't need all the uh, the static uh, gear, and that that's what I sort of learned. Nah. To, I was like the gym's pushing the weights. That that gave me foundations. Like deadlifts were great to be able to build that that stability. Yeah. But but yeah, at the end of the day, um, like like having the ability to be able to snatch a kettlebell. We used to we used to like. Um, uh, you know i suppose work towards how many tons we could put overhead you know so, yeah. so so how many tons you could lift without putting your bell down and that type of thing and you know that was a real uh, ambition of mine is to be able to get up to you know 12 ton 15 ton repetitively without actually putting it down and and my stability was just incredible you know i couldn't get knocked mm-hmm. over when i was playing footy and those sorts of things. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah, that just become through repetition, you know, just con- continual repetition. But isn't it a great movement pattern because you, you're getting cardiovascular fitness and strength, which you can take into eth- any athletic pursuit. Um, and you are getting yeah. strength conditioning uh, all through the one movement. And it's a, it's a skill, you know, you, you actually got to have your form right to be able to, to do it well. And uh, I was so grateful and lucky to be able to be exposed to them early on. And and as I said earlier, like your, your program gave me that awareness that uh, I could, I could do things differently, which was uh, untraditional. And, and, and that sort of led me in towards, you know, the kettlebell type stuff, which was about 2011. So not long, not, not long after yeah, yeah, you know, nice. your program. Yeah yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. And, and, and it's really key for, you know, any man listening here around our age, so I'm 50 um at your 40 49 is it and,
0: and so 50 in three weeks
1: <laughs> right so so we are both going through as our men who hit low to mid 40s depending on the individual sometimes it's late 40s but you go through andropause which is the male version of menopause yes. most blokes have not bloody heard of it what's, right? it, what's it called and, and it's just andropause, andropause. a-n-d-r-o P-A-U-S-E, right? So what happens is in your mid to late 40s, you will get significant drop-offs in growth hormone, Mm -hmm. testosterone, and DHEA, right? There are three important anabolic or growth hormones. And what that means is you lose muscle mass, you lose bone mass, but also you lose vigor. You lose energy. It can impact on your mood. It can impact upon your sleep. It can have all sorts of, I can impact upon your libido. Mm. This whole midlife crisis that people talk about, it's driven by frigging andropause. Yes. And the best way to counter andropause is to lift heavy shit, yes.
0: right? Yeah. We
1: need yeah. to be doing kettlebells, clubbell, deadlifts, those sorts of things, and, and, and doing vigorous exercise where you're actually producing those anabolic hormones, right? The worst thing that, 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 that middle-aged men can do, if they're doing it exclusively, is going out and doing long runs or long, long cycling without balancing that with strength training. Yeah, because yeah. long-distance running and cycling, they are catabolic exercises. They break down muscle and bone. After about 45, 50 minutes, you go into a catabolic state and you're actually breaking down muscle and bone, which is not what we want. Like it's okay to do that every, every now and then or once or twice a week, if you're really into your fitness, but you gotta balance it, especially as you get older, with lifting heavy stuff, right? And and doing that ideally in an upright posture, standing up, activating your core and, and these functional lines in the body rather than sitting down on machines or lying down on bench presses. Mm
0: mate unbelievably well said and, and unbelievably timed because uh, the last the last five or six years i, I went into in, in from that from that environment like being strong and you know really functional into long distance running uh because the long mm. distance running gave me a few hours of like getting out of the mind primarily but um yeah. You know, all the other stuff that i've done sort of you know um was sacrificed because of that and then i've, I've got a bike now so i cycle so yeah you're right but oh, i really believe as men ego put aside we've got to be able to lift stuff to be able to be functional and get the most out of our physical body and you know a deadlift is a, such a wonderful thing because it hits every muscle you know a kettlebell yeah. and club bell will will give you maneuverability so you can use all your joints and um your muscles functionally as well it's real world shit at the end of the day yeah um you know so yeah. yeah so i i unfortunately where i live in agnes water in queensland we don't have a gym here um you know i'd love to be able to have a basic gym which had the equipment that i'll go like you've just discussed so we can functionally use this sort of stuff now i don't have much room where i am unfortunately living at the moment but before I moved to Queensland, I had a, I had my my shed fitted out with 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 all the gear, you know, and I, I've I, I've yeah. I've missed that. So I believe, yeah, my testosterone levels and things have probably like declined over the last eighteen months because I haven't had access to doing those things you just said as much. So it's really inspired me to make those changes. And it's given me practical knowledge around that because I've always sort of known that we have this female, sorry, this male version of menopause that we don't actually understand. And also these cycles that guys go through um, because we don't have a physical uh, outcome like a bleed, uh, Mm. that we've got no no evidence that something's actually going on
1: yeah absolutely and we can, can simplify this as well right so i've got a kettlebell sitting right beside my desk mm. um, and cause, because because I, I i i do a lot of work at the computer and when i'm not traveling and, and so every half hour or every hour if i'm doing a lot of stuff a little alarm will go off, and i just stand up and do kettlebell swings, swings or, yep. or cleans yep and 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 these i call them movement snacks right mm. are really really critical right if you're out working in the fields awesome because you're moving all day long and that's great um, but if you've got particularly if you've got an office job or you're sitting for a lot of it it's just destroying your metabolism oh. after about 20 to 30 minutes of sitting there are significant changes in gene expression that affect blood pressure blood flow and oxygen to the brain That that change all of this gene expression in your metabolism affects your insulin sensitivity, your blood glucose, increases your risk of diabetes and high blood pressure and heart disease. And the best way to counter it is every 30 minutes or so, get up and do a minute of vigorous activity. And if you don't have a kettlebell, you can do burpees or squats or push-ups or anything. Just get out of breath, get your muscles going because that is switching on and firing up the molecular machinery that is so important for a healthy body and brain
0: yeah yep 100 yep. percent, mate i couldn't agree with you anymore um getting off track a bit i work as a health advisor with the government in tassie and i tried to bring in these little interventions do you think i got too far no i didn't but um certain,
1: yeah yeah
0: you know certainly sitting... before your
1: time mate before your time yeah yeah
0: i agree that's right but 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 paul you you know i went on that journey to to take me to that 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 place to to go into a role like that where i could observe what's going on and 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 actually realize that what i'd been able to learn within myself was so much more powerful and important than 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 what's going on in these controlled uh you know settings because really we're we're working against humanity and we're we're being denatured when we're sitting on our ass or we're um you know, yeah. we're in our, under fluoro, fluoro lights and, and all these sorts of things, which a lot of us are, you know, so we've got to take accountability and responsibility for ourselves and our own well-being sometimes to be able to shift that. And, you know, and that's a key thing that you've brought up here, this and, andropause, because there's lots of guys that are listening to this and I'm one of them that are in that sort of bracket. And unless we do things, we're going to have consequences possibly.
1: Yeah, look, uh, uh, absolutely. And you may not see the consequences for years, but but that, that slow, it's what's called sarcopenia is mm. the breakdown of bone and muscle tissue mm. um, that, that, that makes you immobile and infirm in your later years. And, and and that's not a good place to be. I mean, I love the, 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 the phrase, we don't stop exercising because we grow old. Mm. We grow old because we stop exercising, yeah. right? Yeah. And that that's really that, that key thing. And then, you know, sometimes people will need to go and see a physio. As you get a little bit older, you get more niggles and stuff like that. Um, so you need to incorporate that. But the worst thing that people can do is just to go, oh, I'm too old for that. I'm going to stop that stuff. Um, that, that's cl- clearly not the way ahead. Um, but the, the, the one other thing I, I, I would say that we haven't actually talked about because I know we're getting tight for time is, mm-hmm. is um, I think what's really important for guys to to also understand that that that's huge in this space is that social connectedness. And and having those those relationships and and being able to talk if you're struggling, and and the the best analogy that I can come up uh, from from this, I interviewed a guy on my podcast um, called Lee Ellis, who spent five and a half years in a Vietnamese prison camp that they called the Hanoi Hilton. Mm. Right, it's a famous prison camp. It was the most brutal prison camp in all of vietnam and some of those guys were actually in there for six seven seven and a half years and some of them spent years in solitary confinement mm. but when they were getting separated and put in solitary they got wind of this and they created something called the tap code which was a basically a grid system of how they could tap out the letters of the alphabet to each other right <clears throat> and and their leader and um, the, the senior officer in there was a guy called jim stockdale right and they taught everybody this and, and he said to everyone he said get on the wall he said learn the tap code and share information help each other support each other remind each other of the mission and each prisoner of war's role in that mission he said when your brother is taken out of his cell to be tortured when he comes back you get on the wall you tap to him you tell him that you love him you tell him that you're here for him and Lee actually said to me, it was that tap code that got these guys through. And, and there was a psychologist, a neuropsychologist called Dennis Charney, Dr. Dennis Charney. He interviewed all of the guys. And, and he said that there were lifelong friendships struck up in that prison camp between people who never even met each other face to face because they tapped on the walls and they helped each other get through. Mm. And so I like to talk about that that tap code and and you know in this country it's the are you okay and the, are you okay day but I, I actually think that tap code is a much more powerful story yeah. and 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 to, to say to people you know you've got to get on the wall and, and this this wall a metaphorical wall right it takes two people to get on the wall one person who's struggling and the other person who's listening right mm. and a lot of guys our age uh, and particularly country guys uh, but 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 guys our age or where I've grown up grown up from we were brought up saying big boys don't cry yeah. right and you yeah. just get on with it step up or lip you don't talk about your emotions and it's bullshit mm. it's absolute bullshit we know from all the research of the, of the Vietnam War the Afghanistan War and the Iraq War on 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 soldiers all the way from normal soldiers up to special forces guys. The people who get much higher rates of PTSD, anxiety, and depression are the people who bottle it up, mm. right? They don't get on the wall, right? Mm. And so I like to say to people, you've got to get yourself a tap code gang, right? These are a bunch of people who are in your life who you could reach out to if you were struggling, and they could reach out to you if you were struggling. And I always say to people, if you've got your own shit sorted, you know, just look around your little corner of the universe and think who, who could use a tap code conversation and just commit to having a tap code conversation at some stage in the next week. Right. Mm. Um, and, and, and if you're struggling, here's the thing to understand that if me and you have a genuine tap code conversation, oxytocin and vasopressin are released in both of our brains right so these are hormones that can act on the brain Mm. oxytocin is the hormone of love and trust vasopressin is the hormone of social bonding but they are both very potent anti-stress chemicals Mm. so if me and you have a conversation doesn't matter who's struggling powerful anti-stress chemicals are released in both people's brains Mm. now the beauty of that is that, that both people benefit from getting on the wall. But if you're struggling, and I've dealt with a, a, a number of mates who eventually reached out to me and said, I'm struggling. But most guys will fucking say this. They'll say, mate, I don't want to be a burden, but I'm struggling. That's how they'll start the conversation. Yeah. Um, and I say to them, you're not being a burden. You're just giving me an opportunity to improve my mental health by discussing it with you. Mm. And that's, I think, the re- the po- most powerful thing that came out of the Hanoi Hilton was that tap code and the powerful lessons around the tap code. That if you're struggling, reaching out to someone will just give them an opportunity to improve their mental health, right? Mm. So it's having the courage to get on the wall. Mm. And courage, when you look at it, comes from the Latin word, cure which means to tell your story with your whole heart, right? Mm. So it's actually having courage to tell your story. That's the key thing.
0: Mm, mate, that's, that's very, very enlightening. Oh, I've never heard that term and a lot of the things that you've just discussed there, but, but you're right, like nonverbal communication and, um, and to be able to, to, to develop a, a relationship with another human being. Uh, and, uh, and all those sorts of things which um, which take you out of your thinking, you know, like, not, not so much mm. your thinking, but your worrying and your anxiety and your stress and your depression and those sorts of things like simple little things you can do that can really help re-divert uh, you and, and help you find purpose and those guys looked after their mental health you know through that that adversity by by doing these simple little things you know the system's trying to shut them down by keeping them silent but by doing these little things and you look at um you look at uh so the guy that started uh, the founder yin yoga years ago when he was in a prison he, he could look outside and observe monkeys and how they were moving and those sorts of things and be able to you know, use the body uh, more functionally just by his time in, in, in stillness or in silence. But but, but yeah, we no matter what challenges we've got going on in our life, there's always an opportunity for growth.
1: Uh, there's always an opportunity for growth. I mean, I, actually, the academic literature uh, I, I now talks a lot about post-traumatic growth, mm. right? There's a lot of talk about post-traumatic stress disorder, But now we recognize that there is also post-traumatic growth Mm. right where people and 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 the research on those guys in the hanoi hilton showed that that the guys who survived actually flourished for the rest of their lives you know they had really high levels of optimism and gratitude for the rest of their lives so actually going through those challenging times can give you that that, that sense of, of optimism and 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 gratitude for the little things in life which are which are really, really important. Right. And and that leads me to, to something that, that, that's very powerful for me. Yeah, you know, I've I've actually got it, a little thing sitting right a little card sitting right on my desk, and I've got a coin sitting right beside my bed and on my bathroom mirror and um, the same 2 words are written. And um, memento mori. And I got this from Marcus Aurelius, the um, Roman emperor and stoic philosopher, who said to himself in his diary, he said, Marcus, memento mori, remember that you are mortal, remember that you will will die. And he says, remind yourself of that every day. Mm. He said, not to be negative, but to remind yourself that life is a precious gift Mm. and that you should wake up every morning with extreme gratitude just to be alive. Mm. and you should use that thought memento mori to judge your behaviors and your actions that day Mm. and it's really powerful stuff right if you get up in the morning and think fucking hell how awesome is it to be alive i could have died in my sleep i could have been hit by a bus yesterday but i'm alive that's pretty cool that's a great way to start the day and the challenges of the day um all of a sudden seem a lot smaller when when you actually live through that memento mori i think it's hugely powerful ancient wisdom
0: Mm, absolutely well said and and yeah you're out of the mind and the judgments and opinions of the mind you're more into the center of the heart aren't you when you're actually like living on on purpose and, and on track with 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 really i believe we've got such this beautiful gift to to be human and an opportunity to be human and we've got a choice on how we can do that we've had traumas in our lives yes and all these sorts of things too and i guess you know to be able to recognize them and a lot of the things that i've gone through i'm grateful for because it's actually made me um you know uh, it's provided me with an opportunity Here you are. Yeah. yeah well it's given me an opportunity to talk to you about this today you know and if i hadn't have gone through all that stuff then i wouldn't have um been able to appreciate you know what other people have are going through or gone through and um I just think that, um, yeah, Paul, it's amazing how how life evolves and, you know, I would not have thought back in 2010 that I'd be having this conversation with you, but by doing the work, you know, and, and actually like putting in in time into myself, into my well being, which was neglected for so long because of my, um, uh, I suppose uh, dumb mindset of thinking that, that, that my status and my job and all those things were going to bring me happiness, but really all the happiness come from the simple things that you just discussed. And, um, uh, mm. yeah, to be able to wake up and be grateful that I'm here and, uh, you know, I could have been dead when I was a three-year-old because I had a brain sugar ripped out of my head back then. And, um, you know, uh, yeah. some, sometimes I need to, uh, to, to, to actually realize that I'm here for a reason and I have a purpose and, and everyone has a purpose. It's about actually being able to find that and tap into that and, and, and start to live from that space and be grateful for, for the ability and, the you know, the, I suppose the reasoning that we're here rather than thinking about all the things that have gone wrong. You know, use that as a, as a platform for growth. And, Paul, I think we've had a, an awesome chat and I think we'll have a few more in the future because there'll be a lot of people that will listen to this that will um, really appreciate it. How can people get hold of you, mate, if they want to look at your work and maybe reach out uh, to you and and maybe get some support as well?
1: Yeah, well, if people want to hear more, probably the best thing is my podcast, the the, the Mind, Body, Brain Project uh, is my podcast and my website is mindbodybrain.com.au so brain is b r a i n most people don't understand me in australia when i say that <laughs> word so yeah. mind body brain um, um so mind body brain project is the podcast and mindbodybrain.com.au um is the website
0: yeah, cool, mate. Uh, I've only listened to one, and it was with my old mate Craig Harper that uh, has been on for a chat too. Oh, yeah. You know, and Craig's gone, cool. gone uh, up and down the roller coaster many times and uh, continues to sort of go up and down the roller coaster too. But certainly he's a good man, and, uh, you know, he's done some wonderful things uh, for humanity and uh, and, and as, as have yourself, mate. And the best is yet to come, you know. We're, we're at 50 now, I believe. 60 70 80 90 100 uh, and beyond can be achieved you know if we actually do what you said wake up with that sense of gratitude and to be able to realize um on a daily basis that we have so much that we can give the spark behind the eyes which is the soul can be lit if we actually give ourselves an opportunity to light that
1: yeah and i and, and the key the key thing um is understanding um that, you know for everybody who's getting on a bit happiness hits its lowest point in your mid forties and then it just continues to improve right across the world we see that so uh, but what i say to people is make sure that that you are putting your best foot forward in that and and that your body will go along the journey with you right and and that that we just need to remember that we need to get back to human nature, you talked about being denatured. Mm. So, so the key thing is making sure that you're eating food that has mostly been alive recently and minimally interfered with by humans, that, that you are getting a good seven hours of sleep every night, that you've got good sleep hygiene, that you're moving like we are supposed to move so you're getting lots of phys- physical activity, and and in terms of your mindset, that that you are just looking at challenges as opportunities to grow, mm-hmm. and you are, and you've mentioned it a couple of times. Spend more time with your experience being projected externally into the world than your experience being projected internally, mm-hmm. because when our experience is internalized around our thoughts and our feelings, that's when we get into shit.
0: Mm-hmm yeah absolutely mate that's true and uh you know find find that empowerment within yourself and if you need help reach out to people like yourself which, which can help with that pathway and you know as guys and, and also ladies in general we do find ourselves getting stuck and we do need that support sometimes to get off the uh get take the training wheels off again and uh, and and get um get on track and once you're on track you know as i keep coming back to you you help me get on track you know without uh physically meeting me and um, you know there's all these things and resources we can tap into which can just provide a spark which can help us move forward rather than stay still so mate it's been yeah well mate
1: that is that is that is awesome to know that i was able to give you a little nudge in your journey and it's great (laughs) that you are now out nudging other people and playing it forward so that's that's pretty cool
0: yeah appreciate it need to be proud of yourself for what you've been able to achieve and what's uh, what's ahead of you so mate so grateful for the chat um i'm going to go and have a nourishing meal now and uh, have an early night after this conversation so hope you do the same
1: awesome stuff um i'm, I'm just going out for a workout night so all good Thanks.
0: really hope you enjoyed that a uh, lot of a lot of wisdom there um really encourage you to, to to follow up with paul check out his work amazing stuff some of his uh his uh, talks on youtube and so forth are uh, pretty inspirational so um yeah very very grateful for that conversation if you'd like to reach out to me to give some feedback uh please email me support at backmind.com.au please share this conversation it could be really life-changing for uh for someone that you know out there are uh, lots of uh, lots of unbelievable wisdom there so um hope that uh maybe the spark that uh that you may be looking for that could help move you forward cheers